name don't even sound important. But you get on your knees and start talking about uh, to Jesus about Preacher Rackley, and he said, I know him, praise God. I remember when I reached further down and he could reach up. I remember when he wasn't interested in me, but I kept after it. I kept on his trail because he had a praying mama that was unwilling to, to give up on her son. Parents, if you got a child that's wayward, don't quit praying. Uh, I looked hopeless. Probably several of, of my relatives probably told her, you might as well quit praying. You might as well give up. He's too far gone. He's in the far country, and the far country is wearing him out. But Mama refused. Mama refused. When I was being foolish, Mama was being faithful. Mama refused. Are you listening? When I was 20 years old, I ran away from home. And, uh, and Mama still wouldn't, she wouldn't, take, she wouldn't take it. She would not entertain the thoughts that her son was going to hell. She just would not allow that. Amen. Son, I like it. Amen. She let the scriptures form her opinion instead of the circumstance. I think it would all do us well to, to have that. Many times we let our spiritual life get blown about and, and, uh, and get out of adjustment and everything because of what we see, what we feel, what we hear, instead of what does the Bible say. Amen. There are people, I know in, my, in our ministry, there are people that's just right on the brink of making unscriptural choices just because the circumstance is not pleasant. When's the last time circumstances was supposed to be in control? When was the last time that, that you read a, a verse in the Bible, which you won't find, that says that you're to be controlled and governed by circumstances? Right. Let me give you this illustration. I was going home, on a, or actually I was going to church on a Wednesday night at, at where I pastor. And, uh, and I only live like three miles, little, just a little over three miles to the church. And in route to the church, I mean, it wouldn't have been more real. It wouldn't have been more clear if it had been audible. Jesus, just out of the blue, spoke to my spirit and said, I am not your joy. It was as plain as it could be. I am not your joy. I said, but Lord, you are. Have you ever tried to argue with the Lord? <laughs> hey, when the Lord says something, you might as well not argue. I said, Lord, I said but Lord, you are my joy. I mean, it tore me up. I got to crying. I said, Lord, you are my joy. He said, no, I'm not your joy. And I just was deathly silent then. I just thought, what? And the Lord said, your joy is if your church is doing good. How about running the ditch? Because that was the truth. I had to say, Lord, you're right. You're right, Lord. I'm up when our church is up. When the numbers are up, when the morale's up, everybody's up, things is up, I'm up. But when everything's down, people's down, offerings down, numbers down, everybody's looking down, then I'm down. My spiritual life was not attached to the empty tomb, was not attached to the cross, the accomplished work, finished work of Jesus. But my, my spiritual life, my spiritual joy, my spiritual outlook was attached to people. I've never been defeated looking at him. 
I've never been discouraged listening to him. Never have. Never got down. Never thought about quitting. Except when I get my eyes off of him. And it doesn't matter what you're looking at if you're not looking at him. You You may be looking at people. You may be looking at problems. You may be looking at your personal self, which most of the time that's it. And it doesn't matter what you're looking at. The effects are going to be the same as when Peter got his eyes off the Lord. The effect was the same. He sunk. He started sinking. And you're going to start sinking. Many in our churches, you're still coming to church physically, but spiritually you're sinking. You're still on a pew. You're still still showing up. Your car's in the parking lot. But your spiritual life has almost got a tombstone over it. I mean, listen, that's not God's will. Sadness is not spiritual. Gloom and doom and and down and and all of that, that really casts a bad light on the Son of God. It really does. And I've done more than my share of that. And it's always been my fault, always. Every time that I've got discouraged, it's always been my fault, always. Now, I didn't see it like that to begin with. I was, it's her and him and them and those, you know. But really, it was my fault. I allowed things to get attached to my spiritual life that should have never been plugged in to me. Amen. That's why, listen, I'm just going to mind the Lord. Uh, That's why you never find the Apostle Paul discouraged. I've preached, I've preached a lot of places, a lot of preachers' meetings, and I've challenged preachers. Help me. I don't, I don't want to preach error. I don't want to be out. I don't want to ever preach something false. I said, somebody show me where Paul ever got discouraged. It's not in there. Now, did anybody in the New Testament have more reason, more excuses to be defeated, to be discouraged than the Apostle Paul? Huh? I'm telling you, he was. But you know, here's why. You can't discourage a dead man. He lived the crucified life, and and it didn't matter what you said about him. It didn't move him. Spirit of God told him bonds and afflictions was going to abide him. You know what he responded to that? Well, I'm I'm not going there then. No, that's what I would have said. Okay, I, you you telling me that bonds and afflictions going to abide me and where I'm supposed to, where I'm going? I'm not going. Thank you for that leadership, Lord. I'm not going. But no, you know what Paul said? None of these things move me. None of these things. That don't change nothing. In fact, when he showed up in town, he didn't look for church. He found the nearest jail because he knew he'd be in there before uh, too many days. But you find him even in jail, praising the Lord. You find him in storms, praising the Lord. When he's abandoned, walked off, left, listen, by people that love, that he loved. Listen, I'm just minding the Lord, preacher. I don't know where we're going right here with this, but when, when Paul was his recording his dying words in, what is it, 2 Timothy 4, when it's, I'm ready to be offered, look, look at that. He goes down through there. I'm ready to be offered. You know, the time of my departure is at hand. I fought a good fight, all that. You know, 
And henceforth there's laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but all them also that love his appearing. And then he said, Demas, he's dying. Paul's dying. Paul's on his way out. And he mentioned something that happened a long time ago. He said, Demas forsook me. Alexander the coppersmith done me much evil. You know what that tells me? That when Demas left him and Alexander the coppersmith did him the way he did and, and, and even he comes on down a few more verses and he said, and all men forsook me. That, taught, that tells me that he was still hurting because of those, those, those things. Listen, I believe your spiritual life, your spiritual level is going to be measured greatly by how you handle hurts. They're going to be a part of your journey. They're going to be a part of the ministry. They're going to be a part of life. You can't avoid them. Would I avoid them? Yes, you would. I would never choose a storm. I would never choose a dark cloud. I would never choose that, never. It would always be sunshine. It would always be smooth if it was up to me. If man would have wrote the Bible in and of his own ability, there would have never been a failure recorded. There would have never been a problem recorded. Everything would have been smooth and, and, and positive and everything, just no problems. But that's not reality. Reality is that, uh, yea, then all that shall live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. There's going to be people that you never thought would, will hurt you. There'll be people that you thought probably would hurt you, probably never will. I don't understand that. You get your eyes on people, you will be in a mess quickly. Amen. So be careful. Be careful what you're focusing on tonight. Amen. Amen. What's your joy tonight? I'm just going to mention some more about that right quick. Got peace on it. Got liberty on it. What's your joy tonight? Or, or should I read? What I, here's the way I already word that. What is it that takes your joy? Is it something spiritual? Is it something scriptural that takes your joy? The answer to that is no. Whatever it is that's taking your joy, write it down. It's not Jesus. Whatever it is that's taking your joy, mark it down. It's not the Holy Spirit. Amen. And if it's not of Christ and not of the Scripture and it's not of the Spirit of God, then I'm responding to it wrong. Or else I'm to reject it. You know, we, we don't, I don't know why I'm saying all that, honestly. The Bible said for us to resist the devil. Submit yourself, therefore to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. The problem is that, is that the devil doesn't come in, uh, you know, with our mental image of what the devil would look like, you know, pitchfork and, you know, fangs and, and, and all that and horns and all that. We would reject him quickly. But he comes in in disguise. He comes in transformed as an angel of light. He comes in, and, and here he comes in in such a deceptive way that you will carry on a conversation with him. And if you ever get in a conversation with him, he will whip you. He will, he will twist it every which way as he did with Eve. If he can get you to answer him, if he can get you to listen, if he can get your listening, he will have your living. If he can get your listening, he will have leadership in your life. Are you listening? But I don't think our problem is resisting the devil as much as it is re, re, uh, re, recognizing him. 
If we'd recognize him, we would be quick to resist him. When's the last time you said no? Hold your hand up. I teach our people. I know that's not you can't find a Bible verse on it. But I teach our people. I said, turn your head and say, ah, 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 You can interpret that several ways, amen. Talk to the hand. I'm not listening. <laughs> now, that don't work on your wife. I've tried it, but... <laughs> Say amen right there. But I'm telling you, it works so on the devil. It don't work on the wife or the husband. It'll work on the, on, the, on the devil when he butts up against your rejection. See, for him to have his way, he's got to have your consent. Nobody can go around and say, the devil made me get out of church. The devil made me, uh, you know, quit reading my Bible. And the devil, no, the devil can't make you. Make you means he's overrode your will, and he can't do that. God won't do that, nor will the, the devil can't do that. But he will entice, and he will just hound you and harass. And I'm going to tell you, he'll knock the wind out of you. Amen. He'll, listen, I'm telling you. I was telling the pastor, uh, the last two years has been the toughest, hardest years of where, of where I am at the, at, at the church. Been there 20, uh, soon to be 26 years and the last two years has been, at times, not consistently, but at times it's been almost unbearable. People that, that, I, that, that I respected in high esteem and invested a lot of time in and, and had such influence in our church to watch them walk away or to collapse or to fall and not just leave church, but to get in sin and, and watch it rip the heart out of our youth group and watch it rip the heart out of our church and knock the air out of us. And if you ever had the air knocked out of you, buddy, that's a, that's a lick. You're still alive. You're still alive. You're not dead, but you're, it's, you're barely alive. Amen. And, and that's the way I've been for, for a while, but the Lord's been helping me. The, the circumstances hasn't changed a great deal. What I see hasn't changed a great deal. What I feel hasn't changed a great deal. But, but inside, there's a, there's a freedom. There, listen, the Spirit of God, the Spirit of God will detach you from external circumstances. Amen. And probably one of the great verses, and there's many that proves that, is 2 Corinthians 4 when Paul said, Though the outward man perish. What did he say about the inward man? Yet, the inward man is renewed day by day. It's not looking good for the outward man, the outward man that's being opposed with outward circumstances and storms and situations, but he said on the inside, I'm doing great. On the inside, my spirit, my inner man is being renewed day by day. I tell you what will help you. I preach honestly. I don't know why I'm on here. I didn't get up here to say this, these. But I've learned to mind the Lord over the years. And, and I tell you, if you've lost your joy, you need to just quit blaming and excusing. And, and listen, you're just, you're just getting older and say, Lord, forgive me for allowing everything but you to be my joy. Some of you, while I've been talking, I'm minding the Lord, I'm telling you. 
Some of you, while I've been pre- talking, I'm not really preaching, but just trying to mind the Lord. Some of you, while I've been talking, you've thought, you know what? I remember. I remember back when I had joy. I remember back when my heart was on fire for the Lord and, and I was really involved and wanted to serve God. But this happened or that happened. This come in my life or this went out of my life and, and, and you're, just, you're just functioning. That's, you're just mechanical. You're a mechanical Christian. You're a mechanical church member. Just like a robot. You didn't come through the door, you know, just like, like a zombie, like somebody had got to wind you up on the back, you know. And no, you're, you're, but you're mechanical. You can get mechanical. Go through the motions. Preach, you probably would probably shocked at how many's here tonight. In their heart, wish they were. In their heart, they probably wish they'd have stayed at the house, because that's what the flesh wants. Can I say this? And I'm not an MD or a PhD or any of the other Ds. But you're in bad shape if I if I've just described you. You're in bad shape as far as condition. You're spiritually sick. And I know who the physician is. And he's he's wanting to Can I read you a verse? We're going to be in Acts in a minute, Lord willing. I, you don't have to turn there. I want, your, I want you to read. I want you to hear this. I want you to hear this. Right now, I'm not sure what I'm doing. I've got question marks in my mind as to where I thought I was going. So we're just, I'm not sure, but I'm interested in you getting some help. I've been in the throne room of grace today. Uh, I told Brother, All, well, we're live streamed. I talked to a preacher today. I told you who it was. And, and I was just, t- I was telling, I didn't tell you what I told him. I told him, I said, I know this. I said, I'm, I'm preaching in a magnify conference. And I said, the Lord moved in here last night in spite of us. But I said, I've, I'm burdened in my heart about the church I'm preaching in. So I've been praying today. God help me to help that church. You magnify the Lord tomorrow, next week, and Sunday, and next month if you get some help. But listen to this right here. Luke chapter number four. This is Jesus talking now. Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to, listen, come on. I I guarantee you this is fitting right here tonight or even somebody watching, preacher. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted. The brokenhearted, the disappointed heart, the shattered dreams, living your life in the present off of the past. He he sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives in bondage to things. You're a cap, you can be a captive to things and situations, even to the flesh. You can be enslaved to people's opinions. You can be enslaved and become in bondage even to, to romance. Listen, I've seen it. I've seen it in our own ministry. I've seen spirituality go out the door 
when romance come in the picture. I've seen girls have a heart for God and boys with a heart for the Lord until they fell in love with someone. And next thing you know, they're just, they're just existing spiritually. They're just existing spiritually. And that's it. Now, I'm going to tell you, friend, you can, you can, whatever you believe on, that's your business. But I don't believe that God ever is behind that. I don't believe God is ever behind you ever losing ground spiritually. God, I don't believe he's behind that. But he said here he's, he, he is to preach deliverance to the captives. Are y'all, amen. The deliverance to the captives comes through preaching. He said he's, he's sent to preach deliverance. I'm, amen. Pray for me, Brother Dagenhart. We just go mind the Lord, amen. Are y'all listening? He said right here that he sent me to preach deliverance to the captives. In other words, if you have deliverance, if you'll listen to preaching, you probably can get it if you'll respond to preaching. Jesus said that personally, but listen, Jesus called me. Jesus called your pastor. And when he's preaching, if you're listening, oh mercy, I'm on something. Listen, if you will listen to the preaching, there will be a deliverance from that captivity. There'll be a deliverance from it. And let me tell you how you can know you're in bad shape. Let me tell you how you can know. Look at how you're listening to preaching. When your man of God is preaching and your, your eyes is on him, but your, your, your mind is shut down. Your eyes is on him, but your mind is somewhere else. Amen. And Oh, listen, you're not going to get help in an area that you're not focused on. You're, go, you're not going to get help from preaching that you're not attentive to, that you're not recognizing. Listen, do you, amen, hallelujah. Boy, I thank God for the witness in my soul. Do you go to the doctor when you're sick? How many does that? Of course, men, me, men, we're hard-headed. I go when I'm, I think, taking my last breath is about it. I'm sorry, I just don't have much confidence in the medical field. I just don't either. I, but anyway, now I'm going to get off that. That was a rabbit. Didn't have much meat on it, but it was a rabbit. <laughs> but you go to the doctor when you're sick, right? What if you treated the doctor the way you do your pastor? What if you went in there and you, you're, in his, you're in his office, you're waiting on him to come in. He comes in, how can I help you? And you, you just, you, you don't even respond. You don't say amen to the doctor. There's no response, and you're just, you know, you're just looking around the walk, around the room like, you know, he's talking. He's saying, hey, I'm here to help you. I've got a knowledge that can help you. I, hey, man, I can address the problem. I can address the situation. But if you're just, you know, and you don't hear nothing he says, you know what he's going to do in a few minutes? A very few minutes, he's going to write you out a bill and then he's going to walk out because he realizes I can't help you because you won't listen to me. You can tell if you're in captivity. You can tell if you're captive to something in that. Listen, I've never preached this, by the way. I just thought I'd tell you. This is coming fresh down the pipeline. You can, listen, you can tell your attitude toward preaching, your response to preaching. 
Some of the people that struggles most with captive, captive situations and captive circumstances are people that never go to the altar. I've got people that never go to the altar. Even when you call for a special altar prayer, there's some of them won't ever come. Those that, those that frequent the altar doesn't, don't bother me. I've got some that go to the altar nearly every service. Amen. Not because the preaching was good. It was just because they need, they want, whatever they hear preaching, they're going to deal with it. That's right. But some never go. But what, it, what does it go on to say? To preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind. Preacher, now Jesus said that was what his ministry consists of. So if Jesus is having his way in this service tonight, he is interested in healing the brokenhearted. I don't know of anything that's much worse than being brokenhearted. Amen. But he's come to heal the brokenhearted. He's come to get rid of that revenge out and that broken heart and that, listen, that, that unforgiveness and that bitterness in your heart that's associated with being brokenhearted. Being brokenhearted means somebody did that. Somebody broke your heart. Some situation, somebody said something. Somebody did something and it broke your heart and, and, and you've got ill will and you've got malice and you've got unforgiveness and you have, hey, you've got all of the bitterness and things in your heart. Jesus can heal that broken heart. Jesus can restore you back to where you were. He can, get, he can give you your joy back. He can give you your song back to where you want to get back in the choir again or get back in Sunday school again or get back up front or wherever and do whatever that you once did. He can, he can restore that. The worst thing you can do is just sit down and think, I'm automatically going to get better. That doesn't happen. You don't automatically get better. You automatically get worse. Amen. Well, there you go. And recovering the sight to the blind. When you're in bad shape, you know your spiritual vision leaves. You may read the Bible, but it's just words on paper. You can be around sinners, but you don't see them the way you once did. You lose that vision. Jesus said that part of his ministry was to recover the sight of the blind. Mercy. Preacher, what in the world would that do to Calvary Baptist Church? If, and I would probably guess and guess right tonight, there's probably people that are not here tonight because of, a, of one of those issues right there. Broken hearted. Are you listening? Captive to something. Something is dominant in their life and they're enslaved to it. Spiritual vision problem, blind. God will help you if you'll let him tonight. This is unusual. I'm telling you, this is unusual. And then he said, look at this. He said also a part of his ministry he's describing and the spirit of the Lord is on him and sent him to do these things. He said, here's the other one. To set at liberty them that are bruised. 
And you can get bruised by a fall. You can get bruised by getting hit. But God's word says right here that he will set at liberty them that are bruised. Amen. I don't know who that uh, the Lord has been talking to in the last few minutes. And I'm not real sure what I'm going to do now. (laughs) The Lord has good ways of messing things up for me. He, He does that often. He does that often. I'm telling you it. And... And not the whole time I know I'm on target, but yet I'm thinking, Lord, you laid that other message on my heart, and I don't understand all that other stuff. But somebody, somebody got an airmail message. Somebody in here, listen, needs to get some help. You need to get some help, and the first step is recognizing I need it. You need to get some help tonight and the first step is saying to yourself, be honest with yourself. I am not where I once was. I've been excusing it. I've been blaming it on this or that. I've been distracted. I've got my eyes on, listen, your eyes may be even on good things. Your eyes may not be on bad things. Listen, but when good things gets in the way of the best thing, it becomes a bad thing. And, and you may have your eyes on things that in and of itself may not be bad, but it is bad because it's, it's, it's stealing your affection away from the Lord. It's stealing your desires, spiritual desires. It's taking those things away. And when I said that description a while ago about some are just functioning and you're just existing, if you'd be honest, some, not everybody, but some would say, that's me. I don't know, listen, church, I don't know what all you've been through. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what you're going to go through. I don't. But I know as for me and our church, buddy, it has been tough. I know what it is, buddy, to go to church when when almost everything in you didn't want to go. I know what it is to get in the pulpit and do what you know that you're supposed to be doing, but inside you'd rather been sitting on, on the pew And I shared a little bit with the preacher last night in the meal. I shared a little, we had a little meal after. I shared a little bit last night about the shape I got in and the condition I got in. And I'm telling you, hey man, that's right. Just come on by to praise God. Just do business. Hey man. Just do business. And I, I shared with him over the past two years and the disappointments and the letdowns that I experienced hurts couldn't sleep at night developing ulcers and just I mean devastated and the Lord turned it around not externally but internally I can't explain that to you other than that Jesus did it I said it there a moment ago the spirit of God can detach you Inwardly, your spirit can be detached from the external. That's why Stephen, that's what he was going to look at tonight. That's why Stephen, when he was being stoned, never had any bitterness, any, any 
But he said about those that were stoning him, lay not this sin of their charge. All through the Bible, I shared with some of them today with the, with, with the pastor. You can find people through the scripture that were going through bad things, difficult things, but you don't find them struggling. And this is the eye-opener. Listen, I'm talking about what probably salvaged me as a preacher. I probably wouldn't be here tonight if God hadn't salvaged me because I knew where I was going. In my heart, I knew that I was soon, and our church probably knows it. I knew, in fact, I told the preacher today, I I thought I was not going to be at our church, my church, by the end of this past year. I was certain I was going to be gone. But God showed me this, and I'm not going to go in the passage that he used to show it to me, but he showed me this. Spirituality doesn't remove the storm. Spirituality removes the struggle. The false teaching of the prosperity gospel means they, their, their message is that, that if you're right with God, there'll be not even any storms. But that's not so. That's not scripturally right. No. Amen. You, nobody suffered more than Jesus, and nobody was more perfect than him. That's right. But here's, here's what the Lord showed me. You can have struggles. I mean, you can have storms and you can have situations without the struggle. The struggle's on the inside. Struggle comes when the flesh is in control. Preach, I'm going to give a few of those if you don't care. I wasn't planning on it. What about Daniel? Look at Daniel in the lion's den. His spiritual life didn't uh, alleviate the, the lion's den or the den of lions. But show me where he was struggling. Show it to me. In fact, you'll probably be easier to find where he was in there asleep. But here's the key. Here's the key as to why the lions didn't eat Daniel. You know why the lions didn't eat Daniel? There were no flesh in the lion's den. Lions are not interested in eating spirit. There wasn't any flesh in the lion's den. What about the three Hebrew children? Their spirituality that enabled them to stand when everybody else was bowing. Their spiritual life, listen, didn't do away with the fiery furnace, but show me the struggle. It was real. It was so hot it killed the men that threw them in, but there was no struggle there. In fact, it was everything but a struggle. The only thing the fire did was burn off that which had them bound. There wasn't even the smell of smoke on their clothes, didn't singe the hair on their head. In fact, the greatest of all things that happened in there was they had a divine visitor, praise God, the fourth man in the fire, and they were using a fiery furnace and made it a fellowship hall. The Spirit of God doesn't do away with the storm, but it does away with the struggle. All struggling, listen, listen now, all struggling, and Lord knows I've done my share. 
All struggling is of the flesh. All of it. Amen. Some of you might you need to get a hold of some of them biblical illustrations. That's right. You find, listen, follow the life of, follow Moses. It didn't matter if it was plagues. It didn't matter if it was a Red Sea. He just minded God. He just did what God told him and the sea would open up or manna would be rained down or quail would be flown in. Just minding God. Amen, Lord. I'm going to do what you say and you're going to have to handle the situation. He don't have no problem. Guess what word you don't find in the Bible? Guess what word is not in that King James Bible? Problem. You know why? God doesn't have any. May the Lord help you tonight. I'm telling you, God is wanting to restore somebody tonight. God wants this. Not, listen, I prayed about it today. I didn't know I was going this direction, but that's all right. God impressed my heart in prayer today that tonight's service was going to be crucial. For as the future of this church. How many believes the devil would love to just stomp this one plumb out? Amen. Love to see a for sale sign in the, in, in, the, in the yard of the new building right up there. Love to see it where people talk about Calvary as a has-been. Oh, it just used to be. Huh? You don't think, listen. Oh, mercy. He plots and plans every day for the destruction of this. And I'll tell you how he's going to accomplish it. He's not going to come in here and shut her down in one service. He's not going to come in here and just stomp it out. I'll tell you what he's going to do. Brother Rick, here's what he's going to do. He's going to, start, he's going to pinpoint a few weak ones. And, if, and I studied on wolves and a lot of preachers have. And what a wolf will do, they have such a sense of smell and, and a sensitivity they can discern a sickness in a sheep long before it's ever evident. And those, those, that wolf will stay on their trail and, and, and won't attack because he knows weakness gets weaker. Weakness don't get stronger. Weakness just continues to get weaker. And so that wolf will just lay back and he'll, he'll pay attention to his nose. Yeah, I'm going to have that one before long. That one's getting weaker. It's got an inward sickness. It's not evident outwardly. Don't look any different than the other sheep. But inwardly, there's a weakness that's taking place. There's a sickness that's taking place. And that wolf, some of the, uh, the research that I did said that they had actually seen wolves be so patient Day after day, week after week, hounding, watching that one that's getting weaker by the moment and sicker by the moment, said they noticed that thing would just keep getting closer and just keep closer. And they said they've even seen them touch noses, the sheep and the wolf. Here's how, here's how the devil will work here. He'll pick out one. He'll, he'll discern whether if Ricky's sick or weak or a few brother song leaders getting weak, or, or, or sister so-and-so getting weak. And what he'll do, he, listen, if it takes 15 years to be successful, he don't mind. He'll hound, he'll hound different ones. Different ones in here get weak, 
and he'll, he'll be on your trail, and then he'll, he'll get you, and then he'll move to another one. And that's how he's successful, one at a time, one at a time, one at a time. And usually, oh my, usually sickness is, is catching. So whatever got this church member probably is going to get whoever's associating with them, whoever's close to them, whoever keeps calling them, whoever keeps talking to them, if you're not careful, whatever got them will get on you. And even those attitudes can be contagious. Amen. Get around somebody that's always negative, next thing you know, you're negative. Amen. Amen. We're trying to mind the Lord. I'm telling you, Jesus wants you to go out of here tonight different than you come in here. Amen, Lord. Amen. Somebody, some's already been in the altar. There's been some altar movement, and, and I don't know who's doing what. That's none of my business. But I, I listen, I know this. God don't mean for you to leave this church the way you come tonight. He, amen. Thank God. I can't help you, but Jesus can. Amen. And listen, I've been pastoring a church, and if any of them's watching, they know I'm telling the truth. These past two years, and I keep referencing that, we have just been, we've been in survival mode is about what we've been in. Survival mode. And God has been helping me the way I've been showing you, about we've been telling you how God has showed me my, my answers on the inside. I'd get to where I'd blame people. It's their fault. If they hadn't left, it, we'd been doing good. If this hadn't happened, if this fella hadn't done that, or if this lady hadn't done this, we would have been doing good. And, you know, why does people have to make stupid choices in, in, in good times or whatever, you know? And it's just, but there's no help in wallowing. How many ever gets help when you're sitting in it? when you're just wallowing around in it and, and you know who to call that will agree with you and say, yeah, I know, it is bad. Oh, I don't know if I'm going to make I know, I don't know if I'm going to make it. You know who to talk to. But listen, the help's not going to come through that. The help tonight for you will be, Lord, I've got an issue. I've got a problem. I'm not doing good spiritually. Be honest with the Lord. I'm not doing good spiritually. A lot of people in almost every church I go in, if they'd be honest, they'd have to say that. Lord, I'm not doing good spiritually. I'm not doing good in my prayer life. I'm not doing good, amen, in other areas of my spiritual life. I'm not doing good. And that's the first step to getting help. I want to get right. That should be your heart. I want to get right. I want to be restored. I want my joy back. I want my song back. I want Calvary back to where it was, where it used to be. Amen. I'm going to pray. I'm not sure exactly what we're going to do. And I know that don't make me look good, but I'm not interested in that, to be honest with you. Let me pray. Father, Lord, we come in Jesus' name. And Lord, you know my heart. I didn't come up here to the pulpit, Lord, to, to go in this direction. But Lord, I felt, I felt leadership soon after getting in this pulpit to deal with some things and say some things. And still, even at that point, I didn't think that, I, I thought I was going to be preaching, still yet. 
And I still don't know. But Lord, I do know this, that I have tried to mind you in the last few minutes, Lord. And, and I thank you for what you've been doing. And, and Lord, I thank you for the help. I thank you that people that have recognized I'm sick. I'm not where I was. I'm not where I need to be. I'm weak on the inside. People don't know it on the outside. I can smile. I know how to talk. I know how to act. I know what to do. And, and nobody notices. Everybody thinks I'm doing fine. Pastor thinks I'm doing fine. But on the inside, I'm existing. On the inside, I'm just functioning. On the inside, I'm, I'm getting weaker and weaker and weaker and weaker. And Lord, I pray that you will alarm, send an alarm to them that they will go to the altar, the spiritual ER, and realize it's emergency. It's an emergency, Lord, tonight. Lord, there's some homes in here that's in an emergency situation. Lord, if they don't get some help, Lord, if they don't get some help soon, uh, Lord, it's going to be a disastrous report. The pulse of their home is very faint. The pulse of their marriage, very faint. God, I ask you tonight, whoever, wherever, maybe someone watching tonight, I pray the Spirit of God would work and deal and draw them, Lord, I pray. Or let it be a resolve in their heart tonight. I want to get some help tonight. I want to get some help. I, will, I do not want my valley to be my grave. I do not want this battle to be the end of me. I want to finish my course with joy. Lord, a few minutes ago when I said that to this congregation that you said to my heart that, that, I, that you weren't my joy. Lord, I felt then, Lord, there were several in here can resonate with that. Their joy is something to do with their family. Their, their joy is if, if someone in their family will straighten up. If, their joy is if their children are Scoring big points or is popular when our joy ought to be Jesus and Jesus only. Lord, I ask you tonight to help me. And you have helped me and you are helping me. Lord, it could have been, and I, I even shared with the pastor today, it could have been, Lord, that you let me go through these things over the past few months and get in the shape that I was in for you to help me, Lord, so that I could stand and help someone else. Lord, I pray your will be done tonight. Get all the glory. Be magnified tonight. And I believe you will be magnified in a magnified conference when people will get their song back and their shout back and Lord, get their desire back and their love for Christ back. And, oh, God, I pray you'd have your way. Have your way, Lord. Lord, no doubt there's people watching that's bowed right now in prayer. And they're praying, oh, God, that you'd help them as they're dealing with life and dealing with issues and dealing with struggles and dealing with storms. Lord, I ask your will to be done, Lord. I'm glad there's help for us tonight. Lord, I thank you for impressing my heart to read Luke 4, 18. It lets us see there clearly what Jesus really wants to do and can do for us. And Lord, I'm glad tonight that that same Savior 
is active through the Holy Spirit in this service to heal the brokenhearted, to set it free, set at liberty them that are captive, restore the, the sight to the blind, help those that are bruised to get over the humps and get right and get back on course and get focused again. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord, please help us. Unusual meeting tonight, but Lord, you're an unusual God. Lord, we should not ever want to operate in the realm of the usual. We should want to operate in the realm of the unusual, the supernatural, the spiritual, the divine, the heavenly, the holy. Lord, you've helped me tonight again, afresh and anew. <laughs> Although the outward man perish, though it feels like outwardly I'm sinking, I'm falling apart. Inwardly tonight, I'm hearing your voice. Inwardly tonight, I'm feeling the Holy Ghost of God minister to my heart. Bless your name for all the help that's been given. Thank you, Lord, for those that made their way to an old-fashioned altar and have done business with you. Hallelujah. Oh, we bless your sweet name. <laughs> oh, we bless your holy, holy name tonight. And Lord, it could be that in this service tonight, someone here lost without God. They may even be a church member, but there's no reality of Jesus in their heart. No reality, no realism of Jesus. And sin's forgiven and a new creature being made in them. Or let them get out of that pew and make their way to an altar and say, oh God, I need to be born again tonight. I need to be saved. Have your way, Lord. What you're doing, Lord, you're doing. And I give you praise and I, I point all attention to you. Not unto us, oh Lord, not unto us, but unto thy name give glory for thy mercy and for thy truth's sake. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for what you're doing, Lord. While they're playing, y'all got something. Go ahead and say. He's going to be singing right here. I ask for sunshine. Yeah, just be sensitive now. And Lord, you sent the rain. Listen. My feet on level paths. My, my Lord. But you Yeah, yeah. And in my strongest hour, yeah, sing it, brother. My strength was in vain. Lord, you know the way I take. Yes. And if it's my will, you'll break. You said you would not forsake. Yes. Then I'll come forth as good. <laughs> Amen, Lord. And those storm clouds brought yes, me to the valley. Yes. 
this. Then all the world to me. Amen, Lord. You've been praying for this church. Get you some help. The rain grew precious fruit. Amen, that's good right there. Pray that, that sunshine Amen. would sear. Amen. The valley takes time and tears. Amen, Lord. And busy feet don't tread there. Right. And the way where the lily blooms, uh-huh. it purges the soul. And at the valley's end, walking with Christ, my friend, yeah, it's just a scripture right here the Lord showed this to me some time ago Proverbs 24 10 if thou faint in the day of adversity thy strength is small if thou faint in the day of adversity thy strength is small you know what he's saying there you didn't faint because of the adversity you fainted because you were you had just a little strength. Your strength was small. That's the reason you fainted. So if you see yourself getting weak tonight, you better treat that seriously. Because the result of that is you'll faint in the day of adversity. Just go ahead and mind the Lord, okay? Whatever the Lord leads you to do. Pastor, I want you to kneel right here if you would. I had a burden today, not only for this church, but I've had a burden today for this, for this dear man of God. I discerned that this dear man of God is needing some help. Paul talked about the house of Stephanus, often refreshing him. And I want y'all to just kind of gather in here, you men especially, and just try to get in here and pray for this man of God. And you ladies, if you'd like to come over here and pray with the pastor's wife, make your way kindly around and get over here next to Miss Miss Pastor over here and help her and pray for her. Son, the devil can't stand this sight right here, I promise you. Amen. Y'all just make your way. Get right on in here best you can. 
Amen. 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 Pray for that pastor. Pray for him to be refreshed. Pray for his dear wife should be refreshed. Pray for each other. You're a church family. Pray for each other that you will be strengthened, that you might strengthen your fellow brother or sister. heaven Lord I beseech you dear father God on behalf of this pastor and his precious wife what a great team but Lord what a great target the enemy would love to set his sights on to Lord defeat devour distress bring about decline Lord, I pray for this man of God. Help the church to fall under the burden of praying for their pastor. Lord, should it never be said of, of this dear pastor or his wife that as what David said in the book of Psalms, no man cared. But Lord, let people rally. Let people have discernment to be able to discern and pick up on when there's a need of encouragement, need of refreshment. Lord, when we dealt earlier about how we listen to preaching determines whether we have, we get set free from being captives. Lord, I pray that you'll help the membership tonight, even right now in this prayer time, that you'll help the membership, Lord, to, to get right in the area of their listening and their hearing toward God's man and the preaching that comes forth from this pulpit. Give them a listening ear, ears to hear what the Spirit would say. Lord, let this be the night, Lord, that the heartbeat of this entire church family is refreshed. No more excuses. No more blaming others. No more blaming this or that. But tonight, they're taking that first major step of recovery. Calvary's coming back. Calvary's on the mend. And Lord, I want to thank you for I, I sense that strong in my spirit. Lord, help these precious ladies to rally behind this pastor's wife. Lord, to pray for her. There's no way that she can explain the pressure that she has just being the pastor's wife. No way that the man of God can express the pressure that he senses and the spiritual warfare that he encounters as being the spiritual leader in this place. Help the men to be sensitive and discern. Help the men to hold his hands up as did Aaron and her holding the hands of Moses. Please, dear Lord, let this be a night of revival 
a night of restoration, a night of restoration, a night of recovery. Have your way, Lord. Lord, please help those that are, they're here, they're, they're here functioning, they're here existing. But they're not too many days away from devastating circumstances. Lord, please help them. Lord, please help them to not wait till they get plumbed down to start trying to look up and trying to get some help. Lord, let them get an altar right now. If they're already here, let them get, get serious tonight. Have your way, Lord. I sure do love you. I thank you for being a compassionate Savior. I thank you, Lord, for it. Out of all the churches in the world, I thank you that your eye in this service tonight is right here. Union Grove, North Carolina, Calvary Baptist Church. And you've made your divine entrance, divine visit. We shouted her out last night, but tonight was time to pour in some of the balm of Gilead. Tonight was the night that we need to remove the bandage and get some healing from the Savior. And Lord, I thank you for all that you've done and are going to do. For it's in the highly exalted, most exalted name that has ever come across the lips of a human being. The name of Jesus Christ, our Savior, we pray. Amen. Amen, Lord. Amen, Lord Jesus. Amen. While y'all right there close to him, how about giving that man of God a hug? You ladies over here, give this sister a good hug tonight. unity <laughs> the devil hates it buddy he loves division he loves disinterest he loves decline he loves detachment you can be in church and be detached from it don't let it happen friend don't let it happen amen hallelujah this church is blessed. You've got one of God's choice servants. Hey, no doubt about that, buddy. No doubt. Hey, pray for it. Pray for his dear wife. Hallelujah. What a blessing. Amen. Hey,